This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. number is 16. These are the 16 drivers still eligible for the first ever Monster Energy Cup. Some are legends, others rising stars, all have the one goal, champion. Their race begins this weekend and over the next 10 weeks the field will get smaller until only four are left standing in the championship race. But some sponsor and driver news replace the playoffs as the big story today. Hello and welcome to NASCAR America. Chris Devota alongside Hall of Famer Dale Jarrett here in our NBC studios. We also have crew chief Steve Letart and the frequent flyer Nate Ryan <laughs> with us from Charlotte. Nate turned in a record pole speed to get to Charlotte from Connecticut today. Steve, DJ, Nate and I talked playoffs yesterday, but now a ton of news breaking. So how many coffees have you had today? Because we're going to need you to be up on the chip. Uh, I'm at three and a half, call it four. So that's that's a basic average. So I think you should get the normal amount of energy that I always bring to the show. That is perfect. And we are going to need it today because some of this news that has been breaking just really over the last hour this morning, one of NASCAR's most visible sponsors announced it was making a big change. Smithfield Foods, which has been with Richard Petty Motorsports since 2012, will move to Stuart Haas Racing next season. As a result, a new driver will join SHR's lineup for 2018. That driver... Plus, details of Smithfield's new agreement will be revealed at a later date. Smithfield's decision quickly made waves just a short time ago. Richard Petty Motorsports confirmed that its driver, Eric Almarola, will leave the team at the season's end. Almarola has driven the famous 43 car since 2012, making the playoffs in 2014. And keep up, because we have more. Finally, Danica Patrick has announced she will not be back at Stuart Haas Racing next season. One of NASCAR's most popular drivers, Patrick, has run... SHR's number 10 car since 2013. Her seven career top 10 finishes are the most by a female driver in Cup Series history. So a lot to break down and talk about. Let's start with you, Nate. Quite a few dominoes falling. So what's next specifically? Let's start with what's next for Danica. Well, we don't know exactly what's next yet, Krista, but we know what the options are. We can narrow down, I think, where she's going to land because we've known that her contract has been up for a couple of months now, and people have been asking, what's your plan? And we know that she doesn't want to drive in the Xfinity Series next year. She wants to drive in Cup, but only if it's a competitive ride. And if you look at the landscape of the Cup Series right now, there certainly aren't a lot of competitive rides open. So I think she has very narrow focus here on where she would want to go. She said in her statement today that she's focused on 2017, Steve, and that you know wherever things take her, She's good with it, basically. Uh, she's been talking in these very zen terms lately when um, people have asked her about the future. She said to me on my podcast last month that the things that make her happy right now are watching her two dogs play with each other. Um, that's the kind of place that Danica Patrick is in right now. She's had this very uh, carefree attitude of I don't feel the weight of anything anymore. And as you know, Steve, she's got a lot of other things going on outside the car. She's got a winery. She's got an athleisure brand. She's got a book that's coming out soon. She said that all of those things aren't an escape plan, 
But she also has said she doesn't have a timeline for finding something for 2018. She told me she's just going to go with the flow. So I, I think it's fair to say right now there's a, there's a chance she couldn't be racing after this season. Yeah, I think there's a chance. I think it's a, a larger chance that she won't be in a car than she will be just because of the race teams available and the seats available. But I think you mentioned the business model she's built outside of the race car, very successful. Heck, in Richmond, her brand was her sponsor at Richmond. So obviously very successful outside of the race car. And listen, this is an IndyCar race winner. This is a pole sitter at Cup in the higher series, has led laps in the Daytona 500, has outperformed at what I consider very difficult racetracks, maybe Martinsville and Atlanta. And while she hasn't reached the success that she would like to reach, obviously, and she tells, has told us and told the public she's disappointed with some of her efforts in the race car, I've never questioned her desire to win races. I mean, she's potentially a top 100 driver in the country. The problem is she's going against top 5, top 10, top 20 drivers in the country. So she's given it a valiant effort. Um, but it seems to be that outside of the car, she really moves the needle. So it'll be interesting to see where her priorities go from here, DJ. Yeah, that's the difficult part of this business is that there, there are so many talented drivers out there. And she came into a world that has been dominated by men, and she performed very well at a high level a lot of different times. But uh, you have to do this on a regular basis for, for it to be beneficial for the sponsors. And so, um, you know, she I think she's a name uh, that everyone uh, associates with, especially young people out there. You know, they, they understand the commitment that it takes. And she's made that commitment. You know, it hasn't been because of lack of effort on her part to become a better race driver and understand she came into a sport with, with race cars like she had never driven before uh, and, and worked extremely hard to be as good as she could possibly be there. So uh, you, you talk about wanting to be with a competitive team where well, you've, you've got a champion in Matt Kenseth that doesn't have a ride either. So uh, they, those rides aren't out there just everywhere. Yeah, and I would just say, DJ, again, like I think her, her on-track legacy is fairly secure as the first woman to lead the Indy 500, first woman to lead the Daytona 500, first woman to win a Daytona 500 poll. I know she wanted more than that. I think she would have liked to have gotten wins. But I think that at this point, she has accomplished pretty much everything she ever could have intended to in NASCAR. And as you know, Steve alluded to, and, and I said, she's got a lot of other things going on around outside the car that she could fall back on. She said she didn't plan it that way. But if there were a time for her to step away from driving, this would be a, a time that would make a lot of sense. Well, and this is only one bit of the three-part news. We have two drivers and a sponsor, all of those announcements, as you mentioned, Krista, at the top of the show. So I think that begs to, the next question is, Smithfield's very clear. Where does that leave RPM, Nate? And what does that mean for Eric Amarola? I, I'm not sure we know the official answer, but there's going to be a lot of speculation for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Nate, let's go with that. What, what happens to, to Richard Petty Motorsports? Because we know uh, the King put out a statement today, too. Yeah, and they confirmed that Eric Almarola will not drive the number 43 car this year. That was kind of the sidelight, though, of, of the big news, which is that Smithfield will not return as the sponsor on the number 43 next year. Uh, a very tersely worded statement from Richard Petty, uh, someone unusual, where he called out Smithfield and said that he felt like he had a handshake agreement with that sponsor the way he has had handshake agreements with STP in the past. And he said it was a, a sad reflection that, uh, deals weren't done that way anymore. So it, it was a very strongly word, worded statement. He also said, as you see here, that he is committed to running the number 43 next year with his partner, Andy Merstein at Richard Petty Motorsports. They are going to need to find sponsorship. Um, that's significant because they, this team hasn't had open space on its number 43 car for six seasons. So it's been a while since they've had to go out and hunt. I've been told that, however, their, their driver will be Bubba Wallace Jr., 
And that is the driver they are they're going out in the market with and trying to get sponsors interested. And they had had some interest in him. Of course, he's going to be driving in the Xfinity race uh, this weekend at Chicagoland Speedway. He came back and won in the truck series um, a, a couple of months ago at Michigan. So even though he's been without a full time ride most of this year, he stayed on everybody's radar screen. And I think there will be some interest in him. Yeah, I think that's a great choice there, too. And I still believe that someone out there somewhere with a good company and the money that needs to wants to be in NASCAR, they're, they're going to see a great opportunity to put together Richard Petty and Bubba Wallace and a very talented driver that could do a lot of good things for a sponsor. And, and so it, Steve mentioned the word speculation. We won't get too far into it, but you have to think that possibly uh, Eric Almirola may be going over to Stuart Haas. But I, I know that a lot of times sponsors uh, and owners have clauses to where the driver can't go directly with a sponsor somewhere. So is Stuart Haas going to get creative and Smithfield go on maybe the 14 car and those sponsors go over and they have all of that together. So it'd be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Yeah, so I guess some pieces in place, possibly like a pause button, if you will. But yeah, yeah we're not going to speculate because we don't know necessarily the, the arrangements of all of that. But what we do know is, is a driver is out at Richard Petty Motorsports. Richard Petty is saying RP Motorsports not shutting down. They will be there as they have yep. been since 1949. Now hopefully putting sort of their focus on Bubba Wallace. And Nate mentioned that Bubba Wallace will be in the Xfinity Series race this weekend. This is what Daryl Wallace Jr., uh, known as Bubba, um, just put out uh, as well. We're getting a lot of statements because there's a lot of news <laughs> That has just happened. He said it's been my focus all year to get back in the race car. I enjoyed working with RPM earlier this year when he filled in for Eric Almarola in that 43. I think it would be great if we could get something put together for next year. Steve, what else do you think? Is there anything that we've left on the table with all of this news? Well, I think, you know, Dale Jarrett mentioned it. You know, now we understand uh, that there are more drivers available than there are seats available. He mentioned Matt Kenseth. His name's in the mix. We've yet to hear anything out of the 41 and Kurt Busch. Has that deal been signed? Is he coming back? Uh, we now know Eric Amarola is not going to be back. So the silly season seems to have a lot of ups and downs on the roller coaster this year. Uh, while we are setting the playoffs for 16 drivers, I'm not sure we're any closer to setting the field for the 2018 Daytona 500. Yeah, big news today for sure. And with no question, you guys brought it up. I think it, it'd be remiss for me not to mention Danica Patrick has most certainly brought a lot of eyes to the sport. Sure, so uh, we'd love to see her still in the sport in some capacity. But as she said, yeah. she wants to be competitive. So we'll have to see where all the dominoes and all the chips fall. Okay, so our show is done for today. No, I'm just kidding. We are just getting started. Here's what we have for you over the next hour. Listen as the final playoff spots were decided on a short track Saturday night. We have Scan All Richmond coming up. Yeah, that should be some good radio talk. Also, which playoff contenders will surprise and advance to the second round? We've got our sleeper picks. And Sirius XM's Pete Pistone joins the show. He will discuss today's uh, big season news as well as the winless drivers in the playoffs. That's all coming up on NASCAR America. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. NBCSN brings you three big races on one day from F1 Spectacular Night Race to the first NASCAR playoff race to the IndyCar Championship. Don't miss a second of the action. Sunday on NBCSN. Another pretty great Sunday coming up. Well, a driver's ability to keep his or her championship hopes alive all came down to last Saturday night's race. It had anticipation. It had anger. It had an ambulance. What were drivers saying about that on their radios? You get to hear for yourself in this week's Scan All Richmond. 
a gorgeous night for racing from Richmond. Hard hard all night. Have fun. This is a fun-ass track. 25 races into this season, and it all comes down to this. It's a big night tonight. A lot on the line. Everybody knows that. We ain't going down without a fight tonight. Hey, Joy, let's have a good one tonight. Uh, let's uh, bring her home. 10-4, Saturday night, we'll make it happen, we know what we got to do. They're going to go four wide to salute the fans. That's what it looks like in Talladega right there. I think they should start them like that. What do you think it'd be like if they dropped the green like that? That would be a guaranteed caution on lap one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Right here, this place needs to be a dirt track. Putting it in for a vote, y'all are listening to NASCAR. Richmond needs dirt on it. Getting ready for 400 laps at Richmond. Jamie McMurray, he's got to be nervous because he right now is on the cut line. Slide in the back real bad. I can't, I can't get off four with those guys. Matt Kenseth, look at this, locks the brakes up going into the turn. Yells out, yells out, yells out. I don't know why. None of us do. Surprisingly, NASCAR saw the smoke and immediately put the caution out. Caution, they throw that for us? I guess, yeah. They didn't even say dumbest caution ever. Really? You had a guy in the fence last week and you keep it green? Martin Trucks Jr. takes the lead. Two leaders, 78, come on. Very good run for Danica Patrick tonight. Danica Patrick is passing, Jimmy. Stop. You're about to get your feelings here pretty bad, but just let her go. I'd be depressed if my girlfriend ain't around me every week. You want us to try to put a little bit of wedge in it? Maybe try to have a good pit stop, that'd help me a lot. I've got a damn bug down my shirt and I can't get him out. For the 18th time this season, stage winner, EMTJ. Danica Patrick and Austin Dillon have been having a pretty spirited battle. They've made contact a couple of times in the last five or six laps. Oh, what the hell she's doing? You get back to her park is. I think if he can ever catch her, the thought she's probably going to come out. Austin sent her for a spin. Told you. What the wow. Yeah, that was pretty obvious. Not sorry either. Nope, nothing you did wrong. It's all on him. Pedro will be open to the caution car. Bunch of safety trucks on the apron here. I don't know why pit road's open. We're going to be coming around them here. Ambulance is blocking pit roads. Go around this ambulance. Go around the ambulance. What the hell are they doing there? The ambulance stops right at the commitment line. Back it up. Back it up. Easy, 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 easy. That's stupid. We got damage. NASCAR the ambulance is in the damn pit. Right at the entrance. Ridiculous. Absolutely unacceptable to have that sitting there. No one, none of these drivers are expecting to have a safety vehicle on the apron. Sure, but I think that 40 about to knock the hole in the radiator. Shut it off. Okay, hold on. Pull up behind the wall here. Pull up behind the wall. That knocked the radiator out of the 20. Probably cost him a shot here. The crazy thing is we also had cars that went over the commitment box. He's outside the box. Yeah, he was just trying to dodge everybody. That's good heads up on Kyle. I thought he was going to clobber us. Yeah, I don't know what NASCAR is going to do. I think it's unfair to penalize them. Oh, I can't wait to be posted for that one. Yeah, that was that was nuts, man. I've never seen that before in a racetrack. You think you've seen it all, and something like this happens. Give me your damn spot back for doing dumb like that. You sure they did that in the spring race, too? Back to racing. Mark Trucks Jr. out front trying to win the last race of the regular season. Shoot him, man. Nice and smooth. 3.1 second lead. Is it possible that we go cautionless for the remainder of this race? You got 13 cars on the lead map right now. 13. Are we running? P3. So at this point, he just hopes this thing runs green to the finish. Five to go. Nice and smooth. 3.4. 
Martin Truex Jr. will have a huge lead as a caution comes out with under four to go. Three laps to go and we throw a caution. Really? And now we've got to think about the strategy. We're going to pit, right? I don't think there's any option, really. 10 let's pit. All right, bud, it's going to be green white checker. Where's the track bar at right now? One inch down. You just leave it down. We're just going to put tires on and try to get you off pit road first. Come on, come on, go, 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 go. Go, 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 all clear, all clear, all clear. Kyle Larson gets out first. Then it's going to be Martin Truex Jr. Hell yeah. Great job, boys. Nobody's sitting down. This is going to be worth the price of admission. Green flag is in the air. Overtime at Richmond. It's Larson by a car length. Truex in second. White flag here by four. They're side by side. Come here. Oh, Truex is in the wall. 11 just wrecked the 78. Yellow is out. Oh, poor Keel, dude. I don't know why he hit me like that. I keep running. Uh, I apologize. Just driven TV. Guess the 11 didn't want the 78 doing any burnouts, huh? Larson wins at Richmond. Ain't over till it's over. Great job, boys. Good job, guys. Awesome freaking pit stops all night. Great job. I'm proud of you, buddy. Guys, hell of a job. Big crew won that race. Me too. Sorry, guys. My spot's short. Are you okay here? Yes, sir. 42 won the race. Hey, awesome job all weekend. Y'all stepped up good. When Greg comes back, I'll the same all weekend. All right, boys? Martin Trucks Jr., such a bittersweet ending to the regular season. The car was uh, class of the field by far. NASCAR playing their games with uh, debris caution it, or whatever the hell they threw it for. There was nothing on the racetrack. And apparently the 15 car, who was 25 laps down, doesn't even belong out there, scraped the wall. So they uh, decided to throw a debris caution. It's ridiculous. Uh, destroyed our race car because of it, and uh, I'm not real happy about it. Okay, so we saw Colpern grabbing his face when the caution comes out and then sort of wiping his brow. I mean, that sort of says everything about what Martin Truex was, was saying there at the end, too, DJ. It doesn't get any less bizarre every time I see this, <laughs> and we're three days removed from all of that happening. Just so many things that took place. And, you know, the good thing is, is the 16 drivers that deserve to be there ended up there, uh, and nothing against anyone else. But uh, don't blame Martin Truex for being upset either. Uh, you know, people make mistakes and things, and, and so the control tower had a bad night, and they'll move on, and hopefully they learn better, too, just as drivers and teams have to. Well, I think bizarre is a good word for it. I'm sure <laughs> Nate would have a much bigger word. Oh, he would, yes. Yeah, That's as far as I can go, though, Nate. What, what would you do? What would be a bigger word than bizarre? Putting you on the spot. Uh... I'd have to look it up anyway, I'm Crystal. befuddled, Kristen. Oh, there we go. There spot. we go. Sorry. Uh, I understand you two have been working on some stuff while in the office down there in Charlotte. What's going on with you two? Well, we have, Chris. I actually, as, as DJ said, you know, from the booth, I didn't believe really what I was seeing. And, and he used the word things. And I think that's the point. The point is that here we are. We were at race 26. We are at the culmination of the regular season. A regular season champion was supposed to be crowned. The playoff field was supposed to be set. Yet here we are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not talking about playoff contenders, but talking about a race, how it was officiated, how it was run, and mistakes that were made. And I think it just became clear to me, and we had this conversation, that when you create a stage as big as the playoffs, when you could create a stage as big as the championship race in Miami, there's a lot of pressure put on everyone. It's not just the drivers, not just the pit crews, not just the crew chiefs. 
But it's the sanctioning body, it's the track officials, it's even the broadcast booth. I feel the pressure to deliver a broadcast to the fan that they deserve. And Nate and I, I think, are going to write up about this a little bit, give, give me a chance to give my opinion. I'm not really quite smart enough to write it on my own, so I'm going to elicit Nate's help so Steve's it's a good read. No, but it's a good read. But the simple <laughs> fact is, is you mentioned it, DJ, it was a bizarre, bizarre night. And I know Steve O'Donnell came out and kind of retracted some of their... Uh, you know, mistakes, but it doesn't change anything. Yeah, well, but I think we're going to touch on this in the, in the story, Steve, as, as DJ alluded to. I mean, we're expecting, as Steve O'Donnell said this uh, this week on SiriusXM Radio, that they're going to have meetings, and we're expecting there will be some procedural possible changes as a result of this. I don't know how much we'll hear about it, but certainly there are a lot of things to digest and dissect and perhaps readdress. But the point of the story that I love, Steve, that, that you're attacking here is that you can't really throw stones at nascar if you're in the nascar industry and in that enormous glass house there because as you are going to eloquently say in this story <laughs> on, in, on thursday on nbcsports.com slash nascar it's it's on everybody everybody feels this pressure and everybody's gonna be held accountable these next 10 races to perform and execute at the highest level come on the pressure's there dj because i think we have 10 races coming up of a spectacular mix from young stars to veterans, from big teams to small, multi-core organizations to potential first-time champions. And we want to see the stars perform at their highest level. What we don't want to see is a distraction of, you know, mediocre officiating, mediocre calls from the booth. Everything has to be excellent to allow excellence to happen on the racetrack. Yeah, we wanted to build pressure, and we've done that. And so now everybody has to do their job and perform at the best level that they can. But, you know, there, as I said yesterday, there are parts and pieces to the cars, so those break, and humans make mistakes sometimes. So hopefully we can put that aside and everybody handle that pressure. So we'll have to go to um, NBC Talk or NASCAR Talk, NBC Sports yeah. to find out. But it sounds like what I gathered from that is Nate is doing Steve's homework. Can Nate <laughs> type as fast as Steve talks? I, that That's what I'm waiting really anxious to say. <laughs> no, but I can assure not. you, you'll know if they're my words are hid by how many syllables are in them. <laughs> He'll have final edit and it'll be his words. It'll sound like Steve. There are some guarantees in life. Yes. That's one of them. Well, sponsors, drivers moving on. That's not the only story to talk about. We haven't even discussed the playoffs yet. Up next, we will look at exactly how points are collected and which drivers should be worried about possibly making it out of September with their championship hopes alive. The playoffs start at Chicagoland, where Jimmy Johnson dominated last year, but Martin Truex Jr. won in overtime. Well, they're back again with Truex as regular season champion and Johnson seeking a record eighth Cup Series title. Just two stories in a playoff field that will have many to watch over the next 10 weeks. Okay, so in our morning production meeting uh, where we discuss ideas for that day's show, there was sort of this revelation. Have we really talked about specifically how these playoffs work. It seems simple, but with the new stage points, simple is a very relative term, isn't it, Steve? We're going to have you walk us through it. Well, simple becomes very complicated, but it's simple. There's 16 drivers, so I think it's important to first look at the 16 drivers and kind of show the body of work in which they have completed all year long, and that's what comes down to this points gap? Well, you see Martin Trex Jr. already has a 20-point gap over Kyle Larson. Those are all those points he accrued all year long by winning stages and winning the race. The simple thing, though, well, there are 16 drivers, and I don't think we can handicap all 16. So when I look at the left side of this, Truex, Larson, Bush, Kozlowski, I have those guys easily moving through in the round of 16. Johnson, Harvick as well. Even Danny Hamlin with his veteran nature, I have him moving through. So that makes... Basically nine drivers, eight through 16 here. 
for five spots available. Four of these drivers are going to go home, and you see how close these drivers are. 2010 to 2003, so only a seven-point gap. So seven points, what does that mean? We've got to remind everybody how points are awarded. It's really simple in a NASCAR race. Points are awarded at the end of stages, and points are also awarded at the end of the race. So at the end of the stage, you can win up to 10 points. At the end of the race, you can win up to 40. Um, and you get to like a little bit of a bonus. You get five more points than second. So it's basically a point of position. There's no reason to get too fired up, Chris. It's a point of position, but I think that's the point. When I look at those drivers, DJ, I really look at drivers that I don't expect to go out and win races. These nine drivers, I expect to go out and try to get into the round of 12 by gaining points. So when you look at the points per position and only seven points from 8th to 16th, that is going to be the battle for, to see which four teams lose out for the round of 12. Yeah, I think this first round is more about uh, the drivers that are going to be the ones that we may look at as kind of struggling to gather those points. So how do they do something different than they did in these first 26 races? And all they're looking at is three races right here, three completely different racetracks. Uh, and, and so which is my best opportunity? Which one of these tracks is the best opportunity for me to gather some points? That means in the stages, do I take some chances there and put myself in the best position not to give away points at the end as I try to gather this? So, uh, you know, when you look at that and think about it, it's just about, yeah, you're not going to be conservative, but you're going to be points racing because that's what's really going to matter uh, because it's going to be difficult to jump up there and all automatically uh, still win at this point in time. So uh, a lot of things to, to go off of here. But, you know, there's you, when you look at this, you can only think of a couple of drivers because these tracks are so completely different. Uh, it takes a different driving style uh, at each one of them. So uh, besides the 78 and the 18 and probably the 42, then the rest of them, and Jimmy Johnson obviously wins anywhere at any time. Although we haven't seen that over the last two months, uh, we know that he can jump up there and do that, Steve. Well, and if you go back to the value of the regular season, let's look at how many points Martin Trex averages per weekend. You know, so when you say someone has a 53-point lead, what does 53 points really mean? Well, here it is. Martin Trex Jr. is seated first in the playoff. Chase Elliott is seated 10th. Martin Trex Jr. basically scores only 10 more points than Chase Elliott. 10 points, that's it. So when you think of Martin Trex Jr. having a 20, 30, 40-point lead, if he continues to run like he does, it's going to be next to impossible for these cars to close in on those points. What I love is that the value of the regular season is being paid off. What I also love, though, DJ, is with stages, with points available in stages, with points available at the end of the race, a fast race car is going to gain the most points, even with maybe a little bad luck towards the end. You still can kind of fill that bucket with those points at the end of the stage, and a points battle between some young stars. Think about this. We have Ryan Blady making his first ever appearance. Austin Dillon making his second ever appearance in the playoffs. There's a lot of young, fired-up drivers that I'm not sure if the pressure of points racing in a three-week window has set in yet. But I know it'll sit in when those cars roll off at Chicago and the first lap times are posted on the board in practice. Yeah, we keep talking about these drivers and them getting the job done. And Steve just mentioned uh, a fast race car does wonders. That allows you to do different things. But, Steve, I know over these last 10 weeks in particular, you, you've been talking about and pleading for some of these crew chiefs to take some chances uh, with these stages to get points or to set themselves up for uh, the end of the race to put themselves in a position to steal something there. With these three racetracks being as different as they are, uh, do you see some of these that, that maybe are back there and, and in a need? to try to do that, uh, taking some more chances? Yeah, I mean, I, when I look at the list of drivers, I look at the three of Austin Dillon as a car that continues to average very low points per race. I don't see a path in his continued 
you know, performance into the round of 12. Now, what he did to make the playoffs, remarkable. Remember, Joey Logano, he's not in. Eric Jones, he's not in. So he has done better than even I expected. I didn't have Austin Dillon in the playoffs, but he earned it. Congratulations to him. But now the question is, you're here, now what? And I think, DJ, you bring up the point that Austin Dillon and his team, Justin Alexander on top of the pit box, need to race like they are the underdogs. If they think they're going to go out and stand toe-to-toe with the heavyweights of Martin Trex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, even Denny Hamlin and trade punches, I think they're going to be very disappointed when they leave Dover in three weeks. I think they need to look at what opportunity presents itself to do something on pit road, to maybe do something different with strategy, perhaps throw caution to the wind and try to get another fuel mileage wind. I think all of those will be an option. Dover, New Hampshire, both strike me as pit strategy racetracks. This three team is going to have to be hitting on all eight cylinders if they think they're going to outrun some of the heavyweights. Well, I know there's you know, the first round. If you don't make it through the first round, you can't win. But I, here's why I think this is so important that you get through there and take some chances to get yourself in that 12 is Talladega is in the second round. And if everybody knows they can win there. So if you somehow figure out a way to be one of those 12, uh, you might not be at your very best, but if you can just get to that 12th spot, Everybody knows they have a chance to tell Talladega to move to the third round. Okay, so that kind of follows up with what I was going to ask. You know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. obviously probably has Talladega circled, yeah. but he has to get there first. So, Steve, when you did the math and you kind of started with 8 through 16 is what you focused on, why did you cap it at 8? I mean, Denny Hamlin, Ricky Stenhouse aren't that far apart far apart in points well but i also look at their past performance and i kind of went through the list and basically i see ryan newman casey kane ricky stenhouse and austin Dillon. if you look at past performance at say atlanta and texas that wore out type racetrack like chicago they average below the mean new hampshire and dover we've already seen once this year those four drivers consistently average below the mean so if past performance tells us any sort of cautionary tale, those four drivers are the ones that are looking to do something spectacular because as DJ puts in very great perspective, Talladega is a game changer in the second round. Any team can win there. I think Ricky Stenhouse has to be the favorite to win there as dominant as he has been at the restricted plate tracks. But you have to get through round one. And I actually feel that round, round one is the easiest for the fast cars and the most difficult for the slow because Chicago, Dover, and New Hampshire, it is – New Hampshire is very quick. Dover is literally the monster mile. And Chicago, race one, a lot of nerves in Chicago. Yeah, and remember, there's this ulterior motive because a driver maybe in the back of the pack doesn't have to win, yep. but they have to keep themselves at 12th place. they got to be pace. at 12th yep. to be able to move on to that second round. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Hurricane Irma and then the tropical storm that followed is winding down but has left a trail of devastation in its wake. As of late Monday, over 7 million Florida residents were without power, along with 1.5 million in the state of Georgia. Preliminary estimates say the damage in the U.S. alone could reach over $90 billion. And tonight on NBC, Hand in Hand, a benefit for hurricane relief, will feature some of the nation's biggest stars, including George Clooney, Jamie Foxx, Beyonce, Blake Shelton, and a special performance from Texas by George Strait. Again, that's 8, 7 Central tonight on NBC. And NASCAR continues to give back. NASCAR drivers showing their support, including longtime Cup Series veteran Greg Biffle. Yesterday, Biffle made his way to Florida carrying supplies, including water, gasoline, and generators. This afternoon, he made a stop at a shelter in Broward County, Florida, that is housing people displaced by the storm. Really cool of Greg to do what he can do and, and basically take matters in his own hands and head yes. to Florida to help out.
when NASCAR America returns, we will bring in the guy who's been fielding calls on the subjects all morning. Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio joins us with some of his take on the top stories as the playoffs are set to begin in his hometown of Chicago. If you're not a morning person, well, perhaps this will help. You can catch NASCAR on NBC Personalities every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni, only on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. And The Morning Drive's Pete Pistoni joins us now. Pete, just a shame there's not any news going on today. Uh, your take on everything that's gone down this afternoon. Yeah, Krista, thankfully something happened that we'll have something to talk about. So first we find out that Smithfield is going to leave Richard Petty Motorsports and go to Stuart Haas Racing. Then we find out that Danica Patrick is not going to come back to Stuart Haas Racing next year. And then a little while ago, we find out for sure that Eric Amarola will not be back at Richard Petty Motorsports. So I think I figured out a way how to pay for my daughter's tuition for college. I'm going to sell scorecards next year because no one's going to know what team anybody's going to be driving for in 2018. <laughs> Hey, Pete, this is something that's really never been any different. It, it, you either need to bring money along and have a good sponsor in your back pocket, or you better perform at a high level. And this seems to be one of those situations of a sponsor looking to find a little bit better place. You know, and Dale, here's the thing. I would look at it, and I feel bad for the folks at Richard Petty Motorsports, so don't mishear me. But at least Smithfield, which is a very coveted sponsor, recognizes, to your point, there's value staying in NASCAR, being a marketing partner, being a sponsor in NASCAR. And after what, six years now with Richard Petty Motorsports, I just don't think they saw the results there. So they're going with a team that we know has won a championship at Stuart Haas Racing with Kevin Harvick. They want to up that competition. We don't know who's going to drive the race car they're going to sponsor quite yet. A lot of speculation there. But I think you're right. I mean, the sponsor wants to be up front and run near the front of the field instead of near the rear of the field, where, unfortunately, that's where they've been with the 43 car for a while. Well, no question the sponsor and driver carousel dominates the headlines today. But, you know, there's another big topic going on, the playoffs. And the Sirius XM poll question this week asks, which winless driver is the biggest threat in the 2017 playoffs? Have you guys been getting a lot of feedback uh, on your show regarding that question? We have, and so, Krista, you've got Matt Kenseth, obviously Chase Elliott, and Jamie McMurray, the three guys in that mix, and so far, overwhelmingly, it's been Matt Kenseth, and I'm not surprised. I mean, look at the way Matt's been running here in the last seven, eight, nine weeks. Yeah, he had a bad run at Michigan, but they had some trouble there. We all know what happened to him with the craziness on Saturday night at Richmond, where he maybe had a chance to win that race. So, you know, this is like other sports to me, right? You want to come to that part of the regular season where you're going in the right direction, going into the playoffs, and then bring that momentum in. I think Chase Elliott and Jamie McMurray, the two other guys in that mix, I haven't really seen what I'm talking about out of them. I'm seeing that out of Matt, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a race or two when the playoffs kick off at Chicagoland Speedway this week. Pete, I know it's always interesting, whatever sport it is with the playoffs, that a team can get hot. Somebody, whether it's in baseball and, and your Cubs, if it's a pitcher or, or the hitters uh, really get on a good streak, uh, if they haven't been playing that well. But do you really believe that if a driver and team hasn't won in the first 26 races, that they can just turn this up, especially when you have three drivers in particular with the two Kyles and Martin Truex uh, performing at a high level each week, that one of these uh, drivers might sneak in there and get that first victory? 
Yeah, DJ, it's not going to be easy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, your point is well taken. I mean, right now in baseball, the Indians are going for their 20th win in a row. That means nothing when the playoffs start. I get yeah, that. Yeah. And Matt hasn't won yet. But I still think with Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota, those two parts, those two components of what we're talking about here, it's not going to be easy by any means. But I do think he's got a pretty solid shot. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a win at least one time in the 10 and see if he makes a run for a second championship. I think it'll be fun to watch. And I really shouldn't be surprised that both of you worked baseball into this conversation. <laughs> of course, NASCAR coming to your city this week. Uh, Pete, you making sure Chicago is ready for the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, everything's buttoned up. Well, we're going to be here. We're gonna... It's a little sad, I'll be honest with you, because we've been starting the playoffs here now for a while, and next year, that's not going to be the case. Chicago's going to go back to the summer in July, when it was when we first came on the schedule in 2001. There's always a lot going on in a market like this one, guys, and, and you know this. All other sports, Cubs and Cardinals are going to be playing at Wrigley Field. The PGA Tour is actually in town this weekend. So trying to bust through that clutter is a really difficult thing to do. I think NASCAR and Scott Paddock, the president at Chicagoland Speedway, has done a really good job of that up until now. The weather forecast is great. We know we're going to have good racing. That racetrack has its original surface, which that's great for good racing. So I'm, I'm ready. The city's ready. And I hope everybody comes out. I think we're going to have some good racing this weekend. Absolutely. We can't wait. Thanks, Pete. And have fun with Jeff Burton on your show 9 a.m. tomorrow. Look forward to it. I'm sure he'll give us a hard time about what we're eating, but we'll look forward to jumping <laughs> on the show tomorrow. <laughs> we look forward to it, too. Up next, we will focus on what's happening in the Xfinity Series as their regular season wraps up this weekend. We will also look at potential sleeper picks in the Monster Energy playoffs. How about a first-timer like Ryan Blaney or a crafty veteran like Ryan Newman? This weekend, it's a NASCAR doubleheader in Chicagoland Saturday, the final Xfinity race of the regular season. That's at 3.30 Eastern on NBCSN. Then Sunday at 3 Eastern, it's the first race of the Monster Energy Cup Series playoffs, also right here on NBCSN. And in light of today's driver and sponsor news, which included the fact that Danica Patrick will leave Stuart Haas Racing at the end of the year, Brad Keselowski just posted this tweet saying she will go down as the best female NASCAR driver of all time and that it will take decades to see anyone even challenge her legacy. Yeah, well put. Yeah, very nice of Brad to chime in on the news. And shifting gears now to the Xfinity Series, this year's playoff field will be decided on Saturday. For the nine drivers in yellow, they're in. It's one last tune-up for the postseason, but you still have, DJ, three spots open, similar to the Monster Energy Cup where we went in with, with three open. It's Blake Cook, Michael Annette, and Brendan Gaughan. And who hold them right now? Blake Cook was the Cinderella story yep. and really made some noise in the playoffs last year. So as we go into Chicagoland, what, what are you keeping an eye on? Yeah, I think you'll certainly look at that. Who's going to be a part of this and have that opportunity? Because as we get into their series, then the cup drivers can't be a big part of it. And that's going to be the case this weekend. So will somebody else jump in there and possibly steal a win? But, or could it be an Elliott Sadler or someone that hasn't won? Go ahead and get in there and get those five uh, playoff points that they need. But uh, Brendan Gaunt, he's a savvy veteran. I can't see him making any kind of mistake that's going to put himself outside of there. And with Michael Annette right there, that puts all four junior motorsports cars right there in those in the top 12 and racing for the championship. Yeah, DJ, that's what I expected. Chicago as well as the 62, the five will protect those points leads that have the advantage that, that Dakota Armstrong, while he's put up a great battle over the summer to try to make up 25 or 28 points, is going to be very difficult because even if they have trouble, he'll have to run somewhere inside the top 10. But I agree with the fact that looking forward into the playoffs, I think I am as excited about the Xfinity playoffs as I am the cup 
playoffs for the simple fact that, as you mentioned, as we go into the playoffs, the restrictions on the cup regulars become a little more stringent. So we won't see the likes of Kyle Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano. Now, while we'll still have some Dylan brothers in there and Larson from time to time, the opportunity for an Xfinity regular to win races goes up. And I think we don't have that for the majority of the summer. And that takes away a little of the luster of the playoffs because that's how we mostly set the cup playoff fields was with wins, not so luckily on the Xfinity side. But I do think that on the Xfinity side, winning is going to be the key to getting to Miami. You mentioned the name Elliot Sadler, who currently doesn't have a win. I don't think he makes it to Miami without a win. I see this one car winning one, maybe a couple races over the playoffs, and he's actually one of my favorites to make it to Miami. Yeah, I think this sets up really well because you have kind of two veterans with Justin Allgaier and Elliott Sadler there and then a host of young drivers that are trying to get that first championship. Of course, Elliott's still trying to get that first Xfinity championship, as is Justin Allgaier. But it's just going to be a great battle between them. And, and the thing that excites me the most is we've got at least, when Brendan Gall makes it through, we've got at least three more weeks that we get to talk and listen to Brendan Gall because he just brings Amen. a world of excitement. I know, just watching him, some of those clips in the video, you know. And then with those young guys, when I mean, you look at that cool yeah. Custer so young. Matt oh, Tiff. absolutely. What yeah. a great comeback story. And Daniel Hemrick has really become a better race driver all through the year. And so uh, it'd be interesting to watch him perform and see how he uh, decides to navigate through the playoffs and gets himself in a position. But that's why I think I love this format. You know, I wasn't sold on it. Earlier, I was, you know, I love that these young drivers had to learn to run for an entire season. And then when I heard that the Xfinity Series would be going to a playoff, it took a little bit for me to understand it. But now a couple years in, I've decided that, you know what? I think it is better because these young drivers, you mentioned them, Cole Custer, William Byron, they aspire to make it to the top level of motorsport in the U.S., which is the Cup Series, and they're going to learn the pressure of three race rounds and a one-race championship. So there's no reason for them not to feel the pressure now. It's not them... Let's not let them enjoy an entire year, DJ. Let's put the vice <laughs> right on them here with three races per round. Exactly. Well, when NASCAR America returns, we're going to refocus on the Monster Energy Cup Series where some playoff drivers hope to be the sleepers that keep the title favorites wide awake. Who are they? Our crew has some ideas next. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Since 1954, STP has been on the leading edge of performance, helping engines run better longer. For the latest info on NASCAR, visit NBCSports.com slash Inside the Garage. Revisiting the big news surrounding Stuart Haas Racing and Richard Petty Motorsports, Smithfield Foods will leave RPM to become a primary sponsor for Stuart Haas Racing next year. That was followed today by the announcement that Eric Almarola will leave RPM at the end of the year. It was also revealed Danica Patrick will leave Stuart Haas Racing at season's end. So, again, these are the news items that we have been talking about today on the show. Uh, Richard Petty did come out with a statement saying that they have been around. And the, the key thing, I think, is that we've been around since 1949 and we will be around a lot longer. He did say it is a significant setback to lose a sponsor of this magnitude. And since we went on the air at 5 o'clock, Smithfield has countered with a statement of their own uh, saying RPM claims of a handshake deal to extend our sponsorship. Uh, are false. Again, Richard Petty had said they had a handshake deal. So there will be some continuation of this story. But the bottom line, Richard Petty says they will continue as yep. they have 
Uh, for many years, Eric Almarola will no longer drive for RPM at the end of the year. Danica Patrick is out at Stuart Haas Racing. Ooh, okay, we've got a great week for fans here on NASCAR America. Tomorrow, we're at the Hall of Fame in Charlotte, where we will be joined by our special guest, Daytona 500 winner Kurt Busch. Plus, it's media day at the Hall. All 16 playoff drivers will be there. And Thursday, one of those drivers, Denny Hamlin, will travel up here to be in our studio. He will talk playoffs. DJ, you're challenging him to a putting contest. I, I, I don't think I ever challenged anyone <laughs> to a putting, especially Danny Hamlin. I played golf with him. The man can putt. But I'll see what I can do with him. Looking forward to that. I, I have the utmost faith in you. Okay, so we, we talked about They should sleepers. have had a scorecard. They should have had a scorecard. I won that putting contest, but Denny oh. still claims he, win, he won it. Oh, it sounds like you haven't let that go, Steve. I haven't. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to let this go. You have to pick a sleeper. And by definition, you can take that any way you want, I guess. How are you defining your sleeper pick? Well, I looked at the rundown, 16 drivers, five of which are former cup champions. And I have to look at the two first-timers, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Ryan Blaney. And Ryan Blaney is the driver that I feel is going to continue much farther into the playoffs than people expect. I think he will easily get out of the round of 16. I actually feel he's going to contend and perhaps get into the round of eight. His mile-and-a-half program has been stellar all year long. And think of this. Why this might seem a little cold-hearted, I'm a crew chief. I look at the simple facts Joey Logano missing the playoffs might be the best thing that happened for Brad Keselowski and Ryan Blaney. Now, Penske can focus their efforts on two cars instead of three. I know that's not popular, but the simple facts is you have to put the effort between the fastest horses. And right now, there's a championship to win between the two or the 21. Okay. Yeah, that's a good pick uh, and, and interesting analysis there with that. I, I'm, I wasn't sure of the rules, so can I say Jimmy Johnson, is he, he's not a no, sleeper, right? No, I, I don't think so. But he's you're not. right. We didn't really have rules for this. So. Okay. Well, he's been, that team's kind of been asleep for the last gonna, couple of months, so I wasn't work. sure. Come up Here's with my your, pick. Here's my one. pick. And, and he's, he won the Daytona 500, and we're going to be talking with him tomorrow at the Hall of Fame. Uh, but he's seated 12th when you look at that. So I think Kirk Bush finds his way. He's been running extremely well, much better over these last five or six races. And I think that he's the driver that you better pay attention to because they found something that's going to put them there. It's almost like you read my closing copy because oh. I was going to remind everyone, by the way, that is it for our edition today of NASCAR America. I was going to remind you, it's a big one tomorrow. We will be live at the Hall of Fame with Kurt Busch. We'll also hear from the other drivers in the playoffs. That's 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. We will see you then. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.